right, everybody. Welcome to Sunday night service. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and make our way to our seats in the sanctuary here. And we are going to get started. We are going to have a great time in the Word of God tonight and worshiping Him. Amen. It's going to be an awesome service. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up. And we're going to open up with speaking some faith over America. And we're going to keep standing on God's promises that we will see revival. And just like we saw in Isaiah chapter 60 this morning, we're going to see it get brighter and brighter in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise together tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right, we got a few announcements to remind you of uh, before we move forward in the service here. Uh, but a big one is this. Tomorrow night is the family art night, amen? And so we encourage you to come on out to that. And you may be thinking like, well, I'm not much of an artist. And it's not about that. It's just about having a good time with your family and friends. And so uh, if you bring out your own canvas or paper or whatever, uh, the church is going to have uh, paint and paint brushes and all that stuff. So you don't have to worry about that. But just bring it out and let's have a good night, man. You know that our calling and our focus is families. And that's why we're doing this stuff. We got the parenting class going on. We got all these family events going on. And that's so we can reach families for Jesus and make them stronger. Amen. All right. And then uh, we've got baby dedications. Uh, they're going to be on Sunday, the 27th at the 10 a.m. service. And so there's a sign up sheet back there on the info booth. And uh, just make sure that, uh, you know, if you've been wanting to get your baby dedicated, this is your chance to do it. We usually only do this a few times a year, so you want to make uh, strike while the iron's hot, as they say, and take advantage of this opportunity. And then uh, we're really getting prepared for our Easter service on Sunday, April 17th. So that's right around the corner, and we're going to be doing a big outreach. We've got uh, Easter eggs that we're doing. We're going to have a, a, a performance uh, with kids, and I think some of the adults are going to be in it. So, of course, the biggest thing of all is we're celebrating that Jesus is alive. Amen. It's a great day. All right. Well, I think that's all the announcements we got here right now. But who knows what time it is? Yes. You guys didn't seem too happy. I mean, I got to be honest about that. Can I be real? Let, let's try that again. What time is it? Yeah, it's happy time. All right. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one, and we're going to open up our Bibles to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, amen. And we've, uh, we've, if you weren't here this morning, we were letting you know that we've got, uh, we've been making some good uh, <clears throat> upgrades to our sound system, and so I know it may sound a little different than what we're used to right now, but we're just adjusting our ears a little bit. But uh, we're getting new, we already have some of the new speakers put in. 
we'll be doing new power amps. I don't know if those are in yet, but uh, lots of new equipment. And so the Lord's blessing us. And then here soon, we will be getting a brand new soundboard. Now, most of you don't care at all about that, but to Tom Browning back there, man, that's going to be like, that's, he's getting a Red Rider BB gun for Christmas. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Now, Tom, don't shoot your eye out, buddy. You know, don't go being a hero. You can just take it easy. Psalm 37 and verse 4, and I'm going to be in the NLT on this. It says, take delight in the Lord. The King James says, delight thyself in the Lord. And what happens when you do that? He will give you your heart's desires. or He will give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of people like to quote that verse. And they're like, yeah, man, if I take delight in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. And all they do is focus on getting the desires of their heart. But what's the first part of that verse? It says, you first of all, delight yourself in the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, that first of all, that would mean you love him. And, and, and Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so I would certainly say somebody that delights themselves in the Lord, they make it a priority to obey God and to obey his word. And so I encourage you that are tithers, I encourage you that are givers that you are well on your way to delighting yourself in the Lord. And praise God as we're doing that. The good news is he will give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of people are like, no, God, don't take care of your, your wants. God, don't take care of your desires. Only your needs, brother. And, and no, 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 that's false teaching. It says here that he'll give you the desires of your heart. He wants you to have the desires of your heart. As long as they're in line with his word and his will, which you're a good holy Christian, so they are, right? None of you want unholy things, am I right? Okay, okay, I'm just checking. Okay, we, we take care of that right now. Praise God. Well, I don't want to ramble on and on here, but I was having fun. So anyway, if you delight yourself with the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart, and that will indeed make you a cheerful giver. Amen. Well, let's stand up. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings tonight. Praise the Lord. And we are giving by faith, and we do everything by faith, because whatever isn't of faith is sin, according to the word, all right? Let's go ahead and speak these words together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. worship the Lord together. I'll turn my guitar down so you can join us at the altar, but let's just come up and worship the Lord together. Let's sing together. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see you. Open our hearts, Lord. We want to know you. Open our ears, Lord, 
Let's raise our hands to him tonight. Jesus, we do love you. And we do adore you, Lord. And we thank you for all that you are to us. We thank you for not giving up on us, Lord. For giving us a, a, a new chance. Giving us a, a new day, Lord. And, and, and always being there for us. You said you'd never leave us. You'd never forsake us. You said that you would be with us always. And Lord, you've kept your word. You're always with us. We love you. And we thank you so much. And we look forward to being with you soon, Lord, and being in heaven with you. Jesus, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. We praise your name tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. He is good to us. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. You can be seated. We're going to get into the Word together tonight, and uh, we're going to have us a good time. Amen. Haven't done a Sunday night for a little bit, I kind of noticed, so I'm excited to be uh, sharing the word tonight. Um, praise the Lord. You know, uh, this morning we kind of dug into some deeper stuff, some end times teaching and all that fun stuff, so if you didn't get to see that, you can go back and look online again. But tonight, man, I'm going to talk about uh, a, a, an interesting, I guess, title, but really the basis of it all is what our whole lives are founded on, and it's all about faith. I love to talk about faith. Well, why do we love it so much? Because Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if I have to have faith to even please God, I want to talk about it. I want to know about it. I want to be all about the faith life. And that's what we're all about here. We are a proud faith church, a word of faith church. And it is what has saved my life. Amen. And so I, I love speaking on faith. But the title tonight is this. It's called How to Amaze Jesus. How to Amaze Jesus. Because as we study the four Gospels, we've got a couple of different uh, stories, a couple of different instances where it specifically points out that Jesus was absolutely amazed or astonished at this situation. And so I'm like, man, you know, there's a lot of great stories about Jesus, a lot of miracles, a lot of testimonies, a lot of incredible things that he did. But there's only a couple spots where it literally says Jesus was absolutely amazed. He was astounded at these situations. And so I want to know how to amaze Jesus. And I want to know how to uh, make Jesus happy with me. And so there's a few things we'll look at here tonight. And, uh, and I believe that if you'll listen up, that you can learn some things and that God is speaking directly to you. But make no mistake about it, you have got to have faith. And you've got to have strong faith. You've got to really trust Jesus in the day and the age that we live in. 
And so many people, as I've pointed out often, you know, I mean, you ask anybody that claims to be a Christian, do you trust Jesus? Well, they'll all say yes, but actions speak louder than words. And if your actions point to this, that you clearly don't trust Jesus, you don't ever turn to him for help. You know, every time you, you, you pray, it's like, man, I, we'll see if it does any good. I would venture to say that you don't actually trust Jesus. And, you know, you know how to say all the right words, but uh, it's better to walk the walk than just talk the talk, right? And so faith is vital to your survival and to your thriving in the end times, all right? So we'll, uh, we'll pray again here, and then we're going to get into the Word of God, and we're going to learn tonight how to amaze Jesus, all right? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that we have a church to go to and study in and to worship you together in and be around your people, be with our brothers and sisters. And I pray tonight that as we're studying the word, you're going to speak to us, show us things that we need to see, Lord, maybe explain things that we haven't understood yet. And God, I pray that as we're hearing the word, we know that faith is coming because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for a great time in the word tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, all right, let's go. If you want to amaze Jesus, how to amaze Jesus, number one, the first way to do it is to absolutely have strong unbelief. No, I'm being serious, yeah. It amazes Jesus, and, and, and I'm going to show you a story here of, of an incident in the Bible where the doubt and unbelief was so thick that it absolutely amazed Jesus. Now, you've got to think, you've got to be pretty special to be in this, in this category here because Jesus is used to hearing doubt and unbelief every day. I mean, you know what I mean? He, he has people doubting him. He has people hating on him. He has people mocking him every day. But you've got to be real special if you are so full of unbelief that Jesus is literally just amazed, like, wow, that's incredible right there. <laughs> that is a lot of unbelief. And so let me show you something in Mark chapter 6. Let's go. Who's excited? Yes. Hey, we're going to have a good time. Mark chapter 6, and we're going to look here at a story of Jesus going to his own hometown. And so we're thinking like, man, if there's any place that would appreciate Jesus, it's got to be his, his hometown. It's got to be Nazareth. It's got to be, I mean, if there's anybody that would really love you, it's got to be your family, right? And maybe sometimes you found out that your family isn't actually your biggest fans. They should be. You know, they should be, you know, have your back more than anybody. But in Jesus' instance, his family and the people, you know, his buddies he grew up with, they were not the ones that had his back in a lot of these cases. And so uh, Mark chapter 6 and we're going to look here at verses 4 through 6. And I'll bet you've heard this story before. But we've got a story here of Jesus going uh, to Nazareth, his hometown. Does anybody know where Jesus was born? The little town of Bethlehem, right? Okay. And where was he raised? He was raised in Nazareth, all right? And so he's in his old hometown. And, and you know, he's like probably he goes from city to city with his disciples town to town, village to village, and he's probably got Nazareth just circled on his calendar like, oh, I can't wait to go back home. I'm going to see the boys. I'm going to see mom. I'm going to see my family. I can't wait. We're just going to have revival. It's going to be fire over there. Then he gets there, and everyone's like, wait a minute. That's just Jesus. 
Isn't this like Mary's son? That's Joseph's kid, the guy that he builds, he's a carpenter? Isn't that Judas' brother? Isn't that, I mean, that's no one special. That's just Jesus. And so, first of all, that probably hurts because he was expecting a better homecoming than that. But let's see what Jesus says here in Mark chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And so look at this. There's very, something very key here in this verse 5. And because of their unbelief, he could not do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And you're like, well, that's still kind of cool. Well, think about all the places he went. He was raising the dead. He was, you know, the blind would see, the deaf would hear, the mute would speak, demons were being cast out. He was multiplying fishes and loaves. He was doing earth-shaking events everywhere. And it says right here, he couldn't do any of those miracles or mighty works except to place his hands on a few sick people. And the Greek... Uh, of that really says it was just people with minor ailments. I mean, Timmy had the sniffles and Jesus was able to dry up the snot. But other than that, there was nothing massive happening on this day. And look at verse 6. Check it out. What happens? And he was amazed at their unbelief. Wow. I mean, that stinks, man. Think about that. I want to amaze Jesus, but but seriously, he was amazed by their unbelief. He has had people try to kill him. He's had, you know, people try to stone him. And like, you're full of blasphemy. You're comparing yourself to God. He's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm the... He's my father. Yeah, I'm, I'm the son of God. And people took up stones. Uh, there was times he had to hide in the crowd just to save his own life. He was used to feeling some heat. Don't mistake that at all. But right here... He was in shock at, my gosh, this is some wild unbelief right here. And so what does this tell me? This tells me that a whole lot of my receiving from Jesus has to do with my belief. Because if Jesus just forced the miracle upon you, he would have done that right here. He would have just pushed through their unbelief and said, I don't care if you believe or not, you will be healed. The demon will come out. We will feed the 5,000. He would have just plunged right through it but you better know right now that he provides the power but you got to provide the belief you got to provide the faith and if you are full of doubt and unbelief don't sit there surprised when you don't see the miraculous you're not going to see it don't sit there surprised like man jesus don't ever do nothing for me i hear about all these people over there i read them stories in the book right there man i don't ever see nothing man listen you're not going to get it if you are full of unbelief because jesus will not plow right through that it takes his power which is always available but you have got to plug into it right and so as we light up the building here i'm not responsible for making electricity you know i we, we pay the company to do that but we are responsible for flipping the switch back there and so as long as edison's doing their part and and sending the juice to the building we got to do our part when we flip that switch the lights come on right there's two sides to it. There's two parts to the miracle. There's his part and there's your part. And make no mistake about it, he's doing his job. But if you are full of unbelief and doubt, it's not going to happen. 
He is not going to just mow that over and plow right through your unbelief and force the blessing upon you. You do have to believe. And, and notice here, I mean, I think that it probably hit Jesus a little bit like, man, my own hometown, my own family, my own friends, and these are the ones. A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown. And I don't know about you, but man, I'll bet there's some of you that you came to Jesus and you were so excited and you couldn't wait to tell your family about your new life. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> seriously, you're a, you're a, you're a Christian or you're a goody two shoes. You're what you're better than us or something. No, I didn't say that. I just said my life has changed. And you probably noticed that uh, it's not always the people out in the world that are giving you the hardest time. Sometimes it's your very own family that's given you the biggest trouble and so what did jesus do he had to just shake that hate off and go on to the next town and find somebody that would receive it and so we expect unbelievers to not believe it's what they do i'm not shocked when you know the atheist and the agnostic and the scoffer and the mocker when they don't believe what jesus said but it is shocking when christians don't believe it so sometimes it just shocks me i'm like you know, show somebody some Bible verses for what they're standing on, and they're like, <laughs> and, and they, don't, they don't receive it, and they don't really believe it. That is shocking, because what, you know, what's some synonyms for being a Christian? Well, one word that we use is we call ourselves believers. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a believer. Do you believe that you'll be healed today? Oh, no, I don't believe that. What? Uh, yeah, are, are you a believer? I'm a believer, yeah. Do you believe that your children will grow up to serve the Lord? Mm, not so much. No, not really. I, what? Believers believe. If you don't believe, don't call yourself a believer. Call yourself a wisher. Call yourself a hoper. Call yourself something. But by all means, you are not a believer. And this may sound harsh. This may sound mean. But this is such a powerful thing that Jesus Christ himself was absolutely amazed at the unbelief that came to him. Now, we know that doubt tries to come to all of us, right? I mean, hey, there's so, doubt tries to come to me. Doubt tries to come in and say, no, that ain't going to happen. But it's up to us to push through that doubt and say, no, in the name of Jesus, I am receiving this healing. I am receiving this miracle right now. And I am. I remember the last time he did it. Right? Anybody in here that Jesus has done at least one thing for you somewhere along the way? Do you remember it? You ever thank him for it? Amen? Well, guess what? If he did it then, he can do it now. Because as we quoted this morning, write it down. Go ahead, write it down. I know you're going to write it down. Hebrews 13, 8. What's it say? It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that means if Jesus could heal people 2,000 years ago, he's still doing it right now. People read these stories in the Bible, they're like, man, oh, that would have been so awesome to have been with the Jesus of the Bible. What Jesus do you serve? He didn't, it's the same Jesus. He didn't quit healing people. He didn't quit delivering people. He didn't quit feeding people. He still does what he's always done. He hasn't changed a lick. But there's a lot of people that have changed. And so I want to show you something here. You're already in Mark 6. Just flip over to Mark 8. Just do it. <laughs> Nothing weird is going to happen. Go to Mark 8. Mark chapter 8. And so what we have here is a story of some believers not doing their job and believing. And it's a story of, again, if there's anybody that you would think would really 
have this belief thing down on top of his family and friends from Nazareth, it would be his buddies, the disciples, the, these, the 12 disciples. And so they've been with Jesus. They've seen the miracles. But let's look at Mark chapter 8. And we're going to look at verses 16 through 21. And so they're, they're crossing the, the water here. And Jesus is talking about some bread. But look here at Mark chapter 8, verse 16. It says, at this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. And so this is the 12 disciples. They're like, hey, whoa, there's no bread here. What are we going to do? Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? I'm like, man, Jesus sounds like they ruffled his feathers a little bit. Like He sounds a little upset right here. And this isn't him talking to the, you know, again, to the, the scoffers. This is his best friends. And he's like, you guys don't remember anything at all, do you? Well, you got wax in your ears or something? Are you, are you blind? You can't see? You can't hear? What's wrong with you people? Why in the world are you arguing about bread right now? He says, don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterwards? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet, he asked them. And this story is always, really, I don't know, it's always amazed me that they didn't just hear about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000. They witnessed it. They were literally there. These were the ones that went around and collected all the leftover bread and fish. If there is anything at all that I'm going to worry about when I get Jesus with me, bread is not on that list. Now, I mean, you know, uh, Jesus, we, we ran out of Doritos. You know, I'm like, I don't know if he's going to multiply Doritos, all right? But Jesus, we ran out of tacos. We don't know what we're going to do now. But bread? You've seen the man feed, I mean, on the very minimum side, 9,000 people. But we know it's much more than that because those figures didn't include women and children. And so you could easily say these guys witnessed Jesus feed 20,000, 30,000 people single-handedly with a few pieces of bread and some fish. And you're really going to sit there and argue about, hey, Thomas forgot the bread. What are we going to do? Good going, Thomas. <laughs> Always blowing it for everybody. My gosh. No. They're fighting with each other and amongst themselves. And Jesus is so frustrated that he says, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do with you guys? Yeah, I, I, I don't get you guys. I, I really don't. And it just, it's incredible to me that it doesn't say here that he was amazed at their unbelief like it did that last story. But I can at least say this much. He was frustrated with their unbelief. He didn't seem to be too happy about them doubting it. And so I challenge you in your life, you just raised your hand and said that the Lord's done miracles in your life. Why in the world would you sit there right now in whatever your situation is and say, what am I going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to? What, what are you going to do? You're going to talk to Jesus about it. And he's going to get you out of it just like he did last time is what's going to happen. But how dare you sit there and, and doubt him? How dare you sit there and say, man, I just don't know this time. You better remember what he did before because he will do it again. What's it going to take? It's going to take you believing. The power didn't change. Jesus didn't change. But it's going to take you actually 
believing. And I, I, I remind you that, you know, sometimes when you're a newborn Christian, all right, we see this a lot, that a lot of times they just come up here and they haven't had a chance to study the word yet. They haven't had a chance to really grow their faith yet. And so, so often we get, you know, newborn Christians come up and boom, I mean, they just like instantly get healed all the time. And then one thing, and a lot of times the gifts of the spirit where we see the working of miracles and, and the gifts of healings, a lot of those things, we'll see that absolutely uh, a lot of times kick in on new believers who haven't had a chance to really develop their faith yet. But what I've just noticed in my, you know, experience and in my time is that often as someone begins, you know, you've been in church five years now, you've been sitting under the word, you should be studying on your own and actually listening to the sermons and and actually doing what it says. After a while, I start to see that not always, but sometimes those just instant, you know, piggyback off a pastor's faith, get me a, you know, I got a headache, I'm going to go get Lawrence, I'm going to go get pastor, I'm going to go get one of those guys to pray for me. And a lot of times you're just kind of piggybacking on their faith at first because you haven't developed yours yet. But many times after a while, you've been in here a minute now. You, you, you've had a very good opportunity to grow. We'll start to see where sometimes those instant, just get it off of, you know, pastor's faith healings, they start to slow down a little bit. Why is that? Is that because Jesus doesn't heal? Is that because he's mad? No, but there does come a point in time where you need to really start knowing some of these verses yourself. You need to start exercising your faith yourself. You need to start, you know, getting it because why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Write that down, somebody. Write that down. I'm just going to throw verses out there and tell you to write it down because it's funny. All right? Write that down. That's a good one. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so there comes a point in time where he expects you to, you know what, man, I've got a headache again. Uh, I, I know that I always go to Pastor Ford. I always go to Lawrence. I always go to Josh. I always go to Doug. You know, I'm always running to these people for it, but they're not around right now. So I'm going to go ahead and speak some healing over myself, and I'm going to use my own faith this time. All right, Lord. Matthew 8, 17 says that Jesus took my sickness and removed my disease. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus right now, and I speak healing into my body. And you will start developing your own faith. And that's a good thing. The just shall live by faith. We, we don't just talk about faith. We don't just visit faith. It's not just something that we think is cute. Like, we live our lives by faith. And so, yeah, there comes a point in time where you start Doing some of this, you know, start knowing some verses for yourself. Start fighting the good fight of faith for yourself. And that's a good thing. That means you're growing up. That means you're the one that's going to start praying for people now. You're the one that's going to start being used of God. And that's a really good thing. And so what are we saying? How do we amaze Jesus? Well, I guess the easy way to do it is just have really strong unbelief. And then he's going to be like, oh, wow, man, that is crazy. But... There's an even better way to please Jesus and to amaze Jesus. And that is number two, to have strong faith. Number one, you could just have strong unbelief. But another instance that we see Jesus being amazed is in an episode of strong faith. Who wants to be a person of strong faith? All right, you're the Sunday night crowd. And the Sunday night people, they tend to be the most dedicated people. They tend to be the crazy ones because there's a windstorm out there. Most, you know, other people are like, it's windy. I'm going to stay home tonight. <laughs> what if you had, 
it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. But but check it out. Uh, how many of the same people, if there was a great, you know, baseball game or football game tonight, it could be raining, you know, 100 miles an hour and a tornado blowing through, but we got to get out there, man. We got to get to that game tonight. I'll tell you, kids, button up. It is cold, but we're going to the game. Ain't no doubt about it. Right? Amen. Uh, that's a funny thing. To, it's, it's just something. All right. It's interesting. And then these people wonder why they don't have strong faith. Right? Come on. But if you want to have strong, if you want to amaze Jesus, you got to have strong faith. And so where I was started with all that five minutes ago before I you know, went off track, Sunday night people, how does faith come? Music to my ears. Where's that verse found, people? Ah, good boys and girls. That's right. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I just want to pray for my faith. Well, that's a cute thought, but that's not how faith comes. If you could just take the shortcut and say, Jesus, give me more faith. Well, that would, you know, everybody's looking for a shortcut in life, but that's not how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And a great way to hear the word of God is to come to church and hear it preached. And you should be getting the word into your heart by reading it at home every day also, right? But there's no shortcut around it. You're going to have to get God's word in your heart and that's how faith comes. So somebody that never listens to the word, whether it's at church or reading their own Bible, don't let them lie to you and, and tell you that they're a person of great faith. They're not. It's impossible. Either that or, or the Bible's a lie, but um, it's not. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's no shortcuts to faith. We know people in the life and in this world that maybe they got to the top by taking a shortcut somehow or, or they got to where they are. They, you know, they found the back way in and God loves you, but there's no shortcuts. You're going to have to develop faith just like everybody else does. You're going to have to be very focused and intentional on hearing the word of God and reading the Bible for yourself. That's how faith comes. So let's look at Matthew chapter eight. Let's go over there. Now, Matthew 8 is an incredible, my favorite healing chapter in the Bible. There is story after story of healing taking place. It is an absolutely incredible, power-packed passage of Scripture. And, and I would just encourage everybody, you can read the whole thing. And especially if you're facing sickness or you, or you just want to learn more about God's healing, read Matthew chapter 8. It's story after story of Jesus healing people. But let's look here at Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 5. And what we have here is the story of the Roman centurion. All right? Romans, or excuse me, Matthew 8, starting here at verse 5. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Well, there's a couple of things that we noticed right off the bat here is this guy is not a Jewish person. That's who Jesus primarily at this point in ministry ministered to Jewish people. But we've got a guy here that is not Jewish. He is a Gentile because he's a Roman army officer. And on top of all that, as we've explained, that uh, Jewish people hated the Roman army, right? Because they were being held captive by them in their own homeland. And so this guy didn't have a lot going for him at the moment to make Jesus just want to help him. But look at this. And Jesus said, well, I will come and heal him. 
But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are. The King James says, speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And so what he's getting at is, I know the power of words. I, I know how authority works. I, I get it. When somebody with power and authority speaks, things happen. And so he's telling Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house. Just speak the word only. And that's a powerful verse right there for you. Speak the word only. Yeah, but I don't feel good. Speak the word only. Yeah, but it just doesn't look good right now. Speak the word only. Yeah, but this is going on. Speak the word only. You cannot go wrong if you'll just speak the word. And you may be like, well, yeah, but I don't feel like it. Well, speak the word only. And so look at this. Here it goes. Here it goes. Verse 10. When Jesus heard this, what happened? He was amazed. There it is again. It's only the second uh, story in Scripture where I found that Jesus was actually amazed. Look at this. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And what did he mean by that? He's like, not even my own people, not even the Jewish people have I seen faith like this from. The, I've never seen anything like this, and this guy is not even an Israelite. This is a Gentile man. I have not seen faith like this in all of Israel. Skip down to verse 13 because we want to see the end result. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home. Because you believed, it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Think about that. What happened here? We had somebody with a very strong faith. And so some people are like, yeah, but it won't work if you don't come and, and do this. And it won't work. if Hey, this guy didn't even need Jesus to come to his house. He's like, just speak the word only from where you are, and my servant will be healed. And what happened? Boom. As soon as Jesus spoke that word, he said, you just go on back to the house. He's healed. And it actually happened. Why? Because of his faith. Notice that right there. It says it in the verse. Why did the guy get healed? Read it. Because you believed. Jesus didn't say, because I'm so incredible, which he is. And he could have said that, and he wouldn't have been wrong. Because I am almighty. Yes, that's the truth. But Jesus specifically pointed out, because you believed, it has happened. And so this is another story where we can clearly see that Jesus has his part, but you have your part. And what's your part? Believe. You've got to believe. And once again, I'll say it for the millionth time, everybody says, oh, yeah, I believe. Oh, yeah, I got this. Oh, yes, 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 I'm trusting Jesus. And those are the right words to say, but you and he are the only ones that know if that's actually the truth. Do you really believe? Are you really trusting him? And again, this isn't to make somebody feel condemned or feel bad, but you've got to answer that question in your heart. Only you can answer it. Only you and Jesus. I can't look at you and say, no, they don't really believe. I don't know if you do. That's between you and God. But you have to really actually believe that he's going to do what you've asked him to do and what he promised he was going to do. And I love that this guy is like, no, just say the word. 
and it'll happen. He believed before he ever even saw it. Let me show you something here in 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 14 and 15. And so the Bible is full of promises, right? We, I mean, it, it's a book full of promises. And you need to know that if the Bible says you can have it, then you can have it. And, and, and if you've asked Jesus for it, you've got to trust that it is happening. Now, sometimes it happens instantly. And again, sometimes it's a process. Sometimes you fight the good fight of faith for a while. Sometimes you stand on the word for a little while. But you've got to know that if I've got the faith and if I've spoke to Jesus about it, I believe that it's happening. So 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15 and what I'm talking about is you can be confident that he hears you. So John, 1 John 5, 14 says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Man, you, you don't even have to wonder, man, I wonder if Jesus actually heard that prayer. Well, did you ask for something that pleases him? No, I couldn't pretend to know what, what, what pleases God. I, y- you can know. The Bible says this, right? And, you know, again, these are just common things that we hear from people. And, you know, nobody can know really what the will of God is. You can absolutely know if you read the word. And so if you're asking for something that pleases him, you know that he heard that prayer. But look at verse 15. It goes even a step further. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. That is a big statement right there but it says we can know if it's in line with his word if we're asking for something that pleases him and so hey what what are you asking him for i mean maybe you're asking for something that doesn't please god like you know lord give me more money so i can go gamble it away in las vegas well i don't think god's going to bless you with finances for that you know you know whatever you're going to do but but uh don't be surprised when he doesn't just pour money into your lap for that but if Lord, I need I need more finances for my kids. I want to be able to give in to this special project. I want to go bless these people. He heard that prayer. That pleases him, and he'll get it to you so he can get it through you, right? And so you need to know that he hears you when you're asking for things in line with his word. And so I know this much, that if I'm asking for something in line with his word, I don't have to wait to receive it. Before I start giving him praise, I can start giving him praise right now because I know he heard that word. He heard that prayer, and I know that it was in line with his will. And so you may be praising God for something, and people are like, what are you praising God for? You're going through the storm right now. Oh, no, no, no. I'm praising Jesus because, man, I am healed. Hallelujah. You're not healed. You're still sick. Oh, no, no. I asked for healing, and it's in line with his word, and it pleases him. And 1 John 5, 15 says that he'll give me whatever I ask for if it's in line with his will. I don't have to wait till I see it to praise him. I can start praising him before it even shows up. How many of you, you order something on Amazon, and you're like, oh, this is so exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, this is the best day ever. You don't even have it yet silly goose you got, you got you've got a, a, a minimum of one day right but you've probably got two days uh, maybe even more and you're sitting there like oh we ordered it we're so happy it's coming hallelujah and, and you're just you're dancing i'm like 
you, how do you know? You don't even see it. You don't even have it in your hand. If you are bold enough to get joyful and happy over you ordered something on Amazon and it ain't even here yet, but it's silly to you to praise God in advance, you may think we're weird. I think you're weird. That, that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't get that. If you can get excited about something like that, and yeah, but, but, but I just know because Amazon always delivers. Newsflash, Jesus always delivers, right? You don't have to pay him $120 a year. Well, it's 129 now. Come on, somebody. Listen, you got to know that he can be trusted. He is a man of his word. If he brought bread last time, he'll bring the bread this time. And you don't have to wait to praise him until you see it. You can just start praising him in advance. Thank you, Jesus. Your word says that if I ask for anything according to your word, you hear me and you'll give me the things that I ask for. Amen. And when you get that attitude, when you can praise in advance, you're getting somewhere. You're like that Roman centurion where Jesus is like, wow, this guy's got it. This is amazing. If you want to amaze Jesus, well, there's two ways to do it in scripture. You can have extreme unbelief or you can be a person of extreme faith and a person of extreme faith sometimes they rub other people the wrong way you know and, and i've seen this man religious people they you rub them the wrong way and like yes well i've been in the church you know the such and such church for 50 years and i've read the bible through 16 times brother and i've done this and i've attended this class and i've done this and i've done that and they've got no joy they don't ever get any you know, miracles happening, and, and I'm like, I don't care how much you know, it matters how much you do, right? And so I'm not going to, I don't have time for people like that. I have time for people that are praising Jesus. I have time for people that they don't have to wait to see it, to believe it. They can just trust that it's happening because they asked according to his word and his will, and they are getting it. Amen. Can I show you one more verse? This isn't on the PowerPoint. I'm throwing a curveball. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Let's go. But you better learn. You better learn to start believing it before you see it or you never will see it. You've got to trust. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Speaking of Corinthians, you should join us on Wednesday nights. We've got a really fun series going on about 1 Corinthians. Right? No? Am I the only one enjoying this? All right. <laughs> I'm having a good time on Wednesday nights. What we're doing is we're going through the whole book of 1 Corinthians, chapter by chapter, nearly verse by verse. And, it, man, there's some wild and crazy things in there. But if you haven't been able to catch any of that, I, I encourage you to go look at that. So 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. And so the King James would say, for we walk by faith, not by sight. The NLT says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Amen. We, our whole life is based off of believing. I don't have to see it to believe it. I just got to know in my heart that if God promised it, I can have it. And so what if, what if Noah didn't start building a boat until he saw rain? That would have been too late. <laughs> 
Uh, what if Daniel didn't start, you know, serving God until the lions were already around him? And he's like, oh, I better get serious. The lions are actually here now. I, this is getting real all of a sudden. What if David, when he faced Goliath, didn't have any faith until, oh, man, I better get serious about God. I'm facing a giant right now. So many people don't take their faith seriously until the giant's standing right in front of them like, oh, man, I, oh, I need a miracle like bad. What am I going to do right now? I, oh, my gosh. And we all face giants, but I have found out that it's a whole lot better to have already developed a life of faith before the giant shows up. And so I'm encouraging you tonight that we walk by faith, not by sight. You don't have to see it to believe it. You're a believer. You just have to know that it's in God's word. And if it's in God's word, we believe it and we can receive it and we will receive it. And so, again, how do you amaze Jesus? Well, you could just be a person of extreme unbelief, or you could be a person of extreme faith and say, oh, Jesus, just speak the word right from where you're at. You don't even have to come over. Just speak the word only, and it will happen. And Jesus is going to say, wow, I've not seen faith like that in all of California, (laughs) in all of Barstow. Wow, this person's got it. And so... I'm just encouraging you tonight with a little bit of word right here that your faith will work, but it's got to be genuine and it's got to be real. Start trusting Jesus today and watch what he will do in your life. Can I get an amen? All right, let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. Amen. I love talking about faith. It was worth coming out for an hour tonight, am I right? Praise the Lord. All right. Well, we're going to take a few minutes here and uh, and close out with some worship. But if you need prayer, we'd love to offer prayer to you. If I could have my uh, prayer team come on up, Leah. And, uh, all right. Praise God. We're going to take a few minutes here. If you need prayer for anything at all, we'd just love to stand in agreement with you. But if not, then let's just take a few minutes to worship the Lord. And maybe you do have a need, but you're like, I'm just going to praise God in advance for the answer. Amen. You could do that right now. But let's go ahead and just take a few minutes. I am holding on to faith. Because I know you'll make a way. I don't always understand. I don't always get to see, but I will believe it. Yes, I will believe it. Cause you make mountains move, you make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. I am standing on your word. Calling heaven down to earth 
will end in victory And I will believe it Yes, I will believe it Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now Yes, you were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know That you never fail Oh, yes, I know that I know you never will, and I know that I know you never fail. Oh, yes, I know that I know you never will, because you make mountains move, you make giants fall, you use songs of praise. To shake prison walls, I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. Amen, amen, all right. Well, trust that everybody received from the word tonight. Amen. Amen. So we're going to amaze Jesus by having strong faith. We're going to thank him in advance before we even see the answer because we know his word is true and you can count on Jesus. He keeps his word. He doesn't lie. He keeps his word. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. I uh, encourage you to uh, stay connected to the church calendar because there's so many things going on that I just can't even keep track of all of it. It's a great idea to follow us online or social media so you keep getting these updates and stuff. But tomorrow night is family art night. So let's do this. Amen. You want to amaze other people? Maybe you could amaze Jesus with your painting. I don't know. Maybe he'll look down and say, I have never seen anything like that. That's probably what he would say about my painting. But anyway, uh, come on out tomorrow night. <laughs> like That is a special thing right there. Uh, come out tomorrow night, 630 uh, you know, bring the kids. If you don't have kids, what well, doesn't matter? Just come on out. It's going to be a time of fellowship and bonding and being together. And of course, Hebrews ten twenty five says you need to be around your church family a whole lot as the day of his return approaches. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray over you. Then we'll speak the Barstow Faith Confession and you can go home early tonight. Amen. Go home and watch some of the Waltons before you go to bed. Let's go. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And we thank you, Lord, that we live by faith, Lord. It's our whole life. And so I pray over everybody here tonight, everybody listening online, I thank you, Jesus, that the word was brought forth. And so faith has come because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Lord, may we take this and may we live by it this week. And Lord, we know that there may be challenges this week. We know that. But we thank you, Lord, that we overcome everything because of you, Father. We are more than conquerors. We are well able to take this land. We thank you, Jesus, that we are victorious. Use us this week 
to be the light of the world all around us. And Lord, we are looking to the sky for our redemption draweth nigh. We're ready for your return. Thank you, Jesus, that we're sticking with you until the very end. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? All right, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go.